Thank you for listening to the BJJ Brick Podcast. We'll be bringing you Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and good times. We hope to flatten your Jiu-Jitsu learning curve, help you get the most out of your grappling ability, and meet your goals both on and off the mat. Welcome back, my friends, to episode 153 of the BJJ Brick Podcast. I'm Gary, and I'm here with Byron today. How are you doing, Byron? Gary, I'm doing great. Had a, had a great uh, time on the mats this morning and excited to get in here and record with you, my friend. It's always good to uh, work out a little bit, get some time on the mats before we're recording. I think it gets our gets our minds right. So uh, my mind is going to be off because I did not roll this morning. I went and rode my mountain bike, so uh, my game may be a little slow today. That's it. Maybe it'll be a little better because mine might be yeah. off because I'm exhausted. Yeah, because I didn't, no blood <laughs> restriction to my head. There so, you go. I'm excited. Yeah. Gary, I'm excited about the interview today. Me too. Uh, you know, we have a lot of people. We've had a lot of cool people on our show. But this time, I think we've got the youngest guest we've ever had who can tap me out in about 20 seconds. So um, it's always neat to have a young guest who is uh, as talented as uh, as Nikki Ryan is. Yep, 15 years old, uh, Nikki Ryan, he, uh, brother of Gordon Ryan, and uh, d- very uh, impressive young athlete. And he's competing in the adult divisions a lot. He's got a super fight coming up October 8th. Uh, it's, he's in the, not in the Canadian Kumite, but they're doing a Canadian Kumite and they have him, uh, he's have a, has a big match with, uh, Danny and Koi Vu. And, uh, you could check out that super fight. It's 1199. The whole thing, the whole Canadian Kumite. Uh, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes if you want to get it on a paper view. Yep. So definitely stay tuned. I just think it's kind of crazy. Here I am, uh, 49 years old. And whenever I see a, a Nikki highlight, I'm always watching it. So here's a 49-year-old looking up to uh, to a talented, talented grappler who's 15 and uh, watching this person and trying to uh, trying to learn some stuff. So uh, I just think it's awesome to have Nikki on the show this week. Yeah, I'm excited, and uh, it's uh, I'm exci- excited really to see the future of what he's going to do and the sport and where he wa- where he wants to take his own uh, game, I guess. Yeah, you know, it's just crazy. As talented as he is now, I mean, he's just going to keep getting better and better and better. And I mean, at 15 years old, you know, just running through tournaments and adult tournaments too. That's the even craziest part. But, uh, you know, that Danaher Death Squad, they've, those athletes coming out of there are just, just incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, we got to, uh, mentioned the rest of the, the Dan and her death squad, uh, Gary Tony, Eddie Cummins and Gordon Ryan, uh, all welcome on the show anytime. If they, if they're hearing this and they want to hop on here and, 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 uh, talk to us, we'd be happy to have them at any time. BJJBrick at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook, my friends. Yep. Speaking of that email right there, BJJBrick at gmail.com. Make sure you get on our email list. Uh, we have a link to it on the show notes. Uh, the cool thing about getting on our email list is you will never miss a show. We'll send you a, a download to the show each and every week and that way you'll never miss great episodes We're like episode 153 this week with Nikki Ryan. Gary, we all aren't able to have John Danaher as our coach from a, a young age and, and he looking black belts when we're 15, but uh we do have a audiobook available for the, the grapplers who are on the new side of things and uh, looking to overcome their own personal hurdles and set their own goals. Uh, we have your first year of BJJ audiobook produced by the BJJ Brick Podcast. It's eleven ninety nine. The proceeds go to help the show and support us and what we're doing. So uh, it's about 
two and a half hours and we'll just kind of walk you through uh, what to expect your first year and try to help you through pass through some of the hurdles you might run into. So uh, check it out if you're interested and if it would be something that might help you out. Speaking of support for the show, I'd like to give a shout out to our Patreon supporters, Rob, Sean, Greggy, and Alexander. I uh, just want to let you know we really appreciate your support and uh, thank you so much. Yep, they're definitely helping us uh, continue to expand the show and and uh, maintain what we're doing at least. So, uh, Gary, speaking of uh, needing some support and, and uh, motivation to go on, I'm going to go ahead and play our quote of the week. And it was from our last week's guest, Dinah. So here we go. You know, any quote that talks about being persistent, you know what I mean? Just hanging in there. Like those, those are my favorite kinds of quotes. You know, maybe I just thought of one. You know, fall down seven times, get up eight, right? You know what I mean? That's, uh, you know, that's my philosophy on going, on going through life. You know what I mean? Always stay positive. Always keep moving forward. And could you think of a, a time when you really had to use that mentality, uh, you know, fall down seven, get back, get, get up eight, and that mentality of just keep going forward and, and things will get better? For sure, for sure. Like, anytime something hard happens in life, right? You know, like, let's say, like, you know, you broke your arm in a tournament. Oh, shit, man, I can't train. Maybe I can't go to work and this and that, but just believe that something good will come for it. You know, maybe you'll meet something special. Uh, you know what I mean? Maybe like uh, you know you'll something will say you know you'll be able to you'll you'll find something. You know, some you'll get a better job offer. But you have to be like um, you have to be open to positive things happening in negative situations instead of uh, you know always taking everything as negative, right? So you, let's say, like, you get a flat tire, you're like, oh, crap, it's going to ruin my day. No, just be positive. Like, maybe you'll meet somebody, you know, driving down the highway who you'll become best friends with and you guys will become business partners, right? So you really have, just have to keep your mind open to positivity. I really believe in the power of positivity. Like, everything, something, sometimes bad things happen to me, you know what I mean? You get in an argument with a friend, you guys don't talk anymore, but then it happens, you know what I mean? That, uh, you know, something better happens in your life, right? Because somebody was negative and things like that. So that, that's, that's my main thing. You know, if you remain positive, uh, you know, life becomes very easy. Awesome. I, I like that uh, quote and how you're able to, to kind of bring that positive energy over and, and, and share it with the examples of, of staying positive when bad things happen. For sure, man. I want to thank him for giving us the quote of the week. It's always nice when a, when a guest has a quote they want to share and, and uh, we're able to put that on for next week. Uh, fall down seven times, get up eight. Now, to me, Gary, this has always kind of seemed weird with the numbers. Uh, well, I think you're starting on the ground. Yeah, you have to first get up. You have to first get yeah. going. And yep. uh, that, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, we're starting on the ground, so you're already getting up. Get up once, of... then you fall down, you get up eight. That's twice. That's yeah. two fall. That's one fall. One fall and two, gets, two times getting up. Yeah. So. Yeah. But the the whole thing is, it, you know, just keep getting up. We're always going to have setbacks. We're always going to, you know, fall off the bridge. We're always going to have issues that we're running into. Well, hopefully we'll fall off the bridge. <laughs> fall off the bridge. <laughs> uh, but we are going to run into uh, obstacles. We're, we're going it, to – it's never going to be easy. If it was easy, geez, life wouldn't be fun. Everything would just uh, fall into place. But, you know, there, there's going to be setbacks. And, and what we have to do is – is not stay down, um, get right back up. Uh, you know, it's the heart. Keep plowing forward. Keep, you know, keep going towards your goal. Don't, don't give up and, you know, just, just charge forward. It's, uh, we're never, never quit attitude. Yep. That's, uh, I like the quote. I understand it a little bit better now. And, uh, you start 
not up. You have to get up. Once you're up, that's getting up the first time. So uh, I like yeah. that a little bit more this time now that I understand it more. Oh, well, thank you, Byron. I knew I was good for something. There you go. Good for a lot more than that, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> like you're also good for introducing the article of the week. Yes, hey, this week our article is the ultimate micro game. And it's uh, by Josh Vogel. And it's kind of a, it's a cool article. It's not a traditional article because it starts talking about arm wrestling. Uh, you know, do you ever watch, uh, they have that world arm wrestling league, WAL on ESPN. You ever watch that, Byron? I have not. I've seen a movie with arm wrestling. And maybe I've seen Is that it. over the top with, uh, with <laughs> Sylvester Stallone? Yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> no, but, you know, I, I guess I'm kind of like with Josh. Um, you know, Josh was watching, uh, you know, fell in love with arm, professional arm wrestling and, uh, you know, started watching it. And that same thing happened to me when I started watching this World Arm Wrestling League. And and it's kind of crazy, these guys. Um, you know, they're, they're very strong, um, which you have to be. But just the, the technical aspects of arm wrestling, if you, you know, they, they have these, you know, they twist their their wrists one way they they put their fingers one way they stretch their arm out or they pull their arm in um you know and and all these different things kind of break down the, the structure you know to make the person you know less strong so they can win and that's kind of like what josh is going into you know the, the parallels from uh uh, jiu and arm wrestling and you know what, what I thought was kind of cool is you know he's talking about how to he's like you take arm wrestling and it's you know they're they're just trying to break down little angles and you know just to make the other guy weaker and make him stronger and he's like can you imagine if if you know if I just get mounted on somebody and my whole goal is to to push his arm into an Americana position and like just work at the, the ways to make myself stronger and make it easier for it to do. And like he calls it the micro game. He's working just that little aspect of one movement and, uh, you know, putting yourself in an advantageous position. Yeah, there's a video on there by a guy named Devin Lorat. I recommend you watch it. And he's he's really scientific in the approach of how to arm wrestle. And so maybe you pick up arm wrestling tip or maybe you don't, but realize that people are doing this in jujitsu for everything. So, I mean, look at the heel hook game. So, you know, I try to go for heel hook. I try to control the leg and I try to, you know, get, get my hands on the, uh, together and, and, and hook up with the heel and, 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 um, and put some, some tension on it. But really, there's so much more going on. So he's explaining the arm wrestling. He's, he's, he wants his hip usually in contact with the table i mean that makes sense that gives you a lot more power to be able to push with your hip and your core now and, and how close your arm is from your body and, and and you're rotating not just with your arm and like there's so much more detail he's able to throw into this every movement in jiu-jitsu you have you have both your arms you have your core you have your your legs your balance your speed your timing everything is all combined together to get you to this is he's breaking down one movement you know, to make your arm go from here to there you know, as you get the pin in arm wrestling. And to that's why drilling is so important because you, we can't explain every little tiny detail that we have. But as we drill things, you'll learn them anyway. As you as you some live sparring, you'll start to figure stuff out. Your body will help you out. Yeah, and I like how he's, you know, just talking about knowing how the, the skeletal system works. And yeah. Everything. Like he's saying, you know, 
or when you're trying to pass a knee shield in a half or open guard, and he's saying, try to focus on that, how the skeletal alignment facilitates strength and uses of larger and stronger muscle groups while protecting the smaller and weaker ones from injuries. And, you know, it's just, man, it's just really getting scientific and breaking stuff down. And, and you know, it just made me think just on arm wrestling. They're just doing it for one appendage. You know, you, you've got your arm which consists of you, you know, but even though, like you were saying, your core and everything else goes into it, but just think how many micro games there are in jujitsu. But, you know, the key is, you know, like you said, just drill it, you know, think about it, think about how to put yourself in an advantageous position, make yourself stronger, how to engage all the muscle groups. And, uh, you know, that way you'll have an advantage over your, over your adversary. Yeah, he has a quote from uh, from Devin in there. It says, arm wrestling is a miniature martial art. I'm reminded of when we had Jonathan Thomas on the show. We had him a couple times, but one of the times, if not both, he mentioned, you know, jiu-jitsu is just a whole bunch of small games that we've chained together. You know, you, you might end up starting with a takedown game or uh, passing the guard game or a heel hook game or you know mount game if if Gary's top mount game is better than my mount escape game I'm in a lot of trouble and, and then even a smaller game than that when Gary goes like the S mount okay now we're playing a little game of S mount which could be in theory an entire art in itself you know if, if all we did is start S mount try escape and then we switched it and I start an S mount we'd be amazing at S mount uh, but we have we have way more than that. But is is the idea that you could hone in on a certain part of your game and make it really strong, develop that, and that's what I mean. Look at the look at the what John Danaher is, is running through with those guys. They're they're leg locking everybody, and there's a great reason why. They're really they're really good at it. And maybe another reason is we haven't caught up to what they're doing. Imagine if the triangle choke was new today. If it was like, oh, that, what is that? He's wrapped up his, his arm and with his legs and his head is in there. Everyone would be getting triangled by like one or two people. Because clearly something's happened that we don't understand yet. And clearly John Danaher is teaching in a way that most people on the mat haven't figured out. And and, uh, and they're also training super hard and, 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 and putting all the hard work and stuff like that as well. But it's just amazing to see this evolution of the sport keep changing. And uh, it's it's I could relate this article well to to what they're doing over there. I think it's it's it's, it's neat to read this right before we get uh, Nikki Ryan on the show. Yep, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's a very unique article. I I really enjoyed it. I didn't understand when I first started reading it where it was going to go, and once I you know uh, saw the little video and started reading, I was like, oh, this all makes sense. But you know, like you were saying, the Danaher Death Squad is just way ahead of everybody. And and speaking of that, I think it's time to move on to you know Nikki Ryan of the Danaher Death Squad. Just a quick note before we roll the interview. This interview took place August 27th. A couple of times we'll talk about uh, maybe the weekend that's coming up or something like that. Just know that it uh, due, due to our recording schedule, this took place a little while ago. So uh, here we go. He is the most interesting grappler in the world. His Facebook page has twice as many likes as the BJJ Brick Facebook page. Because everyone who likes the BJJ Brick Facebook page also likes his page. But then their moms go and like his page too. He can toe hold a duck. The first time he took his opponent's back, he never returned it. It now sits on his mantle in a jar of formaldehyde. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I prefer the BJJ Brick Podcast. Go for the submission, my friends. 
All right, my friends, I'm happy to bring Nikki Ryan to the BJJ Brick Podcast. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thank you, man. What's up? Nothing. I'm, I'm excited to hear from you. Uh, you, you have been uh, grappling for quite a while considering how young you are and you're having uh, success in ad- adult divisions. Uh, that's just a little bit about who you are. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself and, and kind of what you're up to? Yeah. Um, I've been training about like a, about a year and a half now. I, uh, since the first day I started training, I just started coming in every day and was dedicated to it. Uh, I, was having a little bit of a problem with school because I wanted to train full time but couldn't because of school. So uh, this year I'm getting homeschooled so that I could go up to the city every day and train with Gordon and Gary and Eddie and them. What what uh, grade are you in? I'm a sophomore in uh, high school. There you go. That's uh, and you started about a year and a half ago. You said. Yeah. What uh, got you in the mat or on the mat there? Uh, my brother. Um, he just wanted, was begging me the whole, I started when I was like, uh, when I was around like eight years old and I did it for like three months, like two times a week, like on and off. And, uh, I stopped coming in and then, um, my brother has just wanted me to go back since then. So he's just begging me and begging me to go back. And then I finally decided to. So, uh, it sounds like you've made a recent transition, uh, to homeschooling. Uh, did you, were you yes. at? Uh, is that this year, or did you do that last year as well, or was when did uh, you make that change? It's just this year. I went to uh, public school last year. When I went to school, I always thought it would be kind of cool to do homeschooling. Uh, what are you looking forward to? What are you kind of worried about with uh, going to school, uh, doing homeschooling? Um, well, I'm actually going to be getting homeschooled by uh, by John Stanaher. Wow. Yeah, up in the city. He's going to start teaching me after every practice. So... <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not. He's not in New Jersey. There, there isn't too many rules on it, like too many laws. So he's just gonna teach me whatever he feels need, whatever he feels that is necessary for me to learn. Well, you you got a uh, amazing situation you've got yourself into. It sounds like you're gonna be um, getting really good at jujitsu and also getting uh, very interesting and and uh, great education from uh, one of the most great. Uh, coaches we have around so uh it's yeah. a very interesting um uh, situation uh so is there like standardized tests that you'll have to take or how's that work uh no in new jersey there there's like literally like no laws on it there's no standardized testing or anything like that all right well uh i don't want to talk about school the whole time but i have a few more questions uh back when you uh last year what was your favorite uh topic in school um, favorite topic was probably, uh, I liked, I liked math. Yeah. And yeah. hopefully, uh, so that's good. Uh, yeah. a lot of just guys seem to like math. It's kind of, uh, uh, intellectual is, is, is a lot of the problems we solve in jujitsu as well. So, uh, hopefully you'll, you'll keep up with your math there. Yeah. So it sounds like you're looking forward to training all the time and, and doing a lot of that. And, uh, what else do you do besides train, uh, grappling all the time? Uh, I don't really do anything besides <laughs> that. We train all day long. You know, we, uh, wake up at five in the morning, drive to the city, do a seven thirty class. Then we hang around and get food and stuff. And then at 11, we train again. And then at 1230, we train again in the city. And then we come back and, you know, we either 
driving to another school to go train or Gordon's teaching up at Gary's school or, you know, we train like all day long, every single day. You have uh, a, a lot of focus on your grappling there. Can uh, I've had the, the pleasure of watching some of your videos online. Could you describe your style of grappling to somebody if they haven't seen you on uh, on the mats yet? Uh, yeah, I um, I like to uh, more of like a person that plays on bottom. I just started recently, like coming on top and starting to pass and stuff. I haven't, I don't think I've come on top in any of my tournaments yet. But um, I'm I'm competing tomorrow. I'm probably gonna wind up on top in that competition. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'm not one of the people that likes to uh, you know, just get like points and. Like just stall them out and stuff like that. I always, you know, like to go for this ambition and like to push the pace. So I think that's it's pretty common for somebody to start out and end up playing a lot of the bottom game. Um, it's just because you don't have to. You could just instantly go to your guard and work from that. But now you're starting to work in your top game. What do you like most about playing top game? Uh, I just I like passing and you know like. Uh, and you can enter into the legs a lot from top also. Yeah, you've got so. you do a lot of leg attacks, so that's uh, it, yes. it's fun to watch, and uh, and there's no doubt uh, where you're training that that's uh, top notch uh, training you're getting there from from that. Yes. So I remember when I when I started grappling, I, I was strictly a guard guy, and I and I really. Uh, it took me a while to. I think I was probably about before I started to to play top game. Um, what are you doing to get to top? Are you doing a quick sweep? Or are you working on takedowns? Or how's that going for you? Um, I started. Uh, I started wrestling a little bit now, but uh, most of it has been sweeps, probably. But I I just started recently, actually starting from the feet and trying to wrestle and take them down instead of pulling. Yeah, and that—that's. I guess th- those are both great ways to get to the top, and it's good to have both of those as options. Yeah. And it's not uh, when you're able to, to footlock everybody. If you happen to be trying to wrestle and they get two points on the takedown, you're still probably going to yeah, be all right. You know, uh, wrestling is definitely essential. Uh, I think you know there's as many ways to enter into the legs just from you know wrestling. You know, if it's shooting a double and pulling ashigarami or. Whatever, it's definitely essential. So, what are your goals for this new uh, new year? Maybe until uh, till the I guess till the new year that you have set. Since you've changed your schedule around, you're going to be able to uh, get a lot more mat time and and maybe compete more. Do you have any big goals coming up? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping to uh, to get a super fight on EBI. Um, I was talking to Eddie, and you know he was thinking about putting uh, me against one of one of his like uh, prodigy students. So I'm looking forward to that. He said probably around late 2016 or early 2017. Have you competed much in the kids' divisions, or are you typically competing against adults? Uh, adults, like almost every every tournament. <laughs> and so if uh, in EBI, would, would it be against a kid, or would it be against an adult? Uh, I'm pretty sure that it would be against a kid. Uh, I don't know. Like, it depends probably depends on what I win if Eddie you know if I win things like black belt divisions or things like that he's probably gonna want to put me against an adult instead of a teen like tomorrow I'm doing uh greasy worlds I'm doing the brown and black belt division wow that's uh I'm just so impressed by this and the and the rate that you're able to pick this up what are you doing 
differently that most people aren't doing when they train? Are you just is it just mat time, or are you doing something differently? Uh, I think the main difference is coaches. You know, John has like a certain system that you know that makes us progress faster than everybody else does. You know, like you see Gordon and Gary, they've been training for like a quarter the amount of the time that you know all their opponents have. They have their opponents have way more experience, and they're still able to come on top. Yeah, it's it's been amazing to watch over the the past I don't know a year or two that that they've really exploded onto the scene. Yeah, for sure. So when when you're competing with somebody, and maybe they're not quite uh, in like a leg entanglement that you're that you want to be in or whatever, and, and then you get there, um, do you get like a sense of like relief or uh, are you more comfortable in those spots because you've been uh, training with that system for so long, or, or is is it just your goal to get them in that system and work from there? I feel comfortable throughout like the whole match most of the time, you know, unless I start getting like put in like really bad situations, you know, like submissions or things like that. I'm normally pretty calm throughout my matches. A lot of people always ask about trying to stay calm in the match or be calm before the match. What do you do before a match to kind of get yourself ready mentally but not get too excited? Um, I normally just do, uh, John has us do certain drills and, um, we don't, I don't, I normally don't do like a generic warm up like most people do. I, uh, you know, like normally before my match, I'm nervous and things like that. And I, I feel like a generic warm up, you know, just gets me like more tired and side. I'd rather just do the drills that John has us, that John wants us to be doing. Do you train only in no gi or do you ever put a gi on? I train pretty much only no gi. Would you, uh, do you think you'll ever go back to the gi or just, just stick with no gi? Uh, yeah, I'll probably wind up going back to the gi in the future once I once I accomplish enough things in nuggy. You have a, a lot going on on your plate already. I'm just I'm just so impressed by um, your willingness to just take things on and your your work ethic. Um, tell me a little bit about your teammates and and what they are uh, to you in your training regimen. You know, Gordon, Gary, Oliver Taza, uh, Eddie Cummings, all of them. You know, they're pushing me every day and you know after every session they're giving me new tips and things like that if it weren't for them i wouldn't be anywhere near the level that i am today sometimes people think that doing leg locks is is dangerous are uh, leg locks in your opinion more dangerous than other submissions uh no i think it's just as dangerous as any other submission you know it just depends on who's doing it if you ask somebody that likes to rip things you know it doesn't matter if they're ripping a heel hook or an arm bar you're still going to get injured you know, you just have to be smart with them. Me, Gordon, Gary, you know, we never get injured with heel hooks in training. Yeah, that's and that's a big part of it, I think. Um, your ability to, to train in a safe way. Uh, so what, are you guys just being cautious around that area? Or do, do you, are you familiar with the limits and how far your legs can go? Or tell me a little bit more about being safe while you train leg locks. Uh, yeah, um, we... We know our limits now, probably, um, just from, you know, like, just having it done repeatedly to us, we know, like, how far, you know, ankles and knees can go before they're going to get injured. So, you know, that's, like, that's definitely a big part. You don't want to take, like, a brand new white belt and do heel looks with him because, you know, he doesn't know. It's a, it's a different type of pressure than other submissions. You know, it's not getting, like, hyperextended. It's more like a pressure. Yeah, so uh, when did you start to learn uh, to attack the legs? 
Um, I started probably around a month into my training. I started using them. You also mentioned that you're starting to play a top game um, in, in passing and attacking the legs. To me, that's always been a, a difficult thing to do if I'm playing on the bottom. If, if a guy one minute is trying to pass my guard, I'm defending that okay, and the next minute he's trying to attack my legs – you know, I have to switch mentally to defend my legs from pass. You know, I was thinking about your passing. Now I'm about to worry about my feet. Um, so is that kind of something that you're playing with, trying to switch up your attacks with passing and, and uh, leg attacks? Yes, um, for sure. Like, uh, make sure that like I, when I do my passing, that there's always like if it fails, there's always like a, another leg entry or another another type of pass off of it that I can do. Cool. What kind of uh, guard passes do you like so far? Uh, I like, you know, passing to the outside, going back and forth to each side to make them tire out. Sounds sounds good to me. Now, we can't all uh, train as much as you do and, and all that stuff. For one reason, uh, sometimes guys like me get a little beat up, and, and some people just have to work, and, and we have families with that. Uh, do you have any advice for just like the average person who could train just a couple times a week and how that they could they could try to, to get better at jiu-jitsu? Um, you know, just, just to make it in as much as possible and uh... – you know, that's, that's pretty much it. Just make it in, in as much as possible, and even though, like, when you're sore and stuff, try and get in every day, and at least drill, or, you, you know, you don't have to go crazy when you're training, just, you know, drilling and going light and flow rolling, things like that. What what part of your game do you look forward to uh, developing in the next uh, few months? Uh, probably my wrestling. I would like to get that a lot better. So are, are you... Mingle. Are are you like actually doing wrestling, um, like with wrestlers where you just do takedowns and and try to pin, or are you uh, doing more of a submission wrestling type of a uh, training? Um, I I do because uh, I don't like to do wrestling like with wrestlers because it's completely different than in jujitsu. Yeah. You know, like um, the it like in jujitsu, like you can just. Like, well, you're trying to take some down, you can just get put in a submission. In wrestling, you don't really have to worry about that as much. So I'd like to do wrestling with jiu-jitsu guys, you know. there's a, I wouldn't say that we do wrestling. I'd say we do submission wrestling. Okay. It's a little bit, yeah. So you're worried about guillotines and that sort of thing as well? Yeah, yeah. As, whereas in wrestling, you're not, you know. There's, like, sweeps and stuff that people can hit off of takedowns and jiu-jitsu that you can't in wrestling because you can't put your shoulders on the mats. So it's it's definitely a lot different. Can you think of a time when you decided that you wanted to take this a lot more seriously? Probably after my first competition. Uh, You know, my first competition I I did in the adult division. And, you know, I won that. And I knew, like, I was like, my brother convinced me that, you know, I could definitely be one of the top level guys when i get older and and is that kind of when you started training more often and, and start hitting it uh, more like that i mean I, I well when i first started training jiu-jitsu i used to be like really fat so like i was kind of in every day already to try and lose weight so i like, had my schedule hasn't tra- uh, changed that much you know just besides summers, summers I train much more, or I used to train much more because I could go up to the city every day. So, how much weight have you uh, you lost, or have you gotten taller and, and weigh about the same, or how's that going? Uh, yeah, I lost around forty pounds now. I uh, 
and I also got much taller. I would guess you're significantly stronger as well than you were uh, yes, you know, a couple sure. years ago. So uh, that's 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 awesome. Uh, what would you say to another kid who's interested in trying uh, trying uh, jujitsu or submission wrestling to get them to come in and check it out? Uh, I mean, pretty much, I would just talk about how like they would be able to defend themselves against you know a grown man if they ever get in, if they ever have the need to you know fight or defend somebody that they could actually do it even even though they're much smaller and much younger did you have any of the uh the students at your old uh school not the not the gym but the school did any of them, those guys train uh no i don't know anybody from my school that trains jiu-jitsu that they are missing out <laughs> yeah that's for sure but uh yeah it's 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 good uh, advice, you know, you could come in and train this even even a few times a week. They don't have to be quite as serious as you are, and before too long, they'll have uh, the, the tools at their disposal to take care of themselves if they end up in a bad situation. Yeah, for sure. How often do you work on uh, things that aren't uh, leg attacks? Like, do you, how often do you drill arm bars or, or chokes or things like that? Uh, we, we do it every day. Uh, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, like our team is like one trick ponies and we only do leg locks. Uh, it's not true at all. You know, like I'd say now I probably work more on upper body submissions and strangles and things like that more than I do leg locks. Yeah. And that's, it's just the, the, that part of your game is, is highlighted more, but it's obvious if your team didn't do arm locks or triangles or, or whatever, um, you guys would be getting caught in those because you're not training them. But it's clear that, that you guys are all training those and fully aware of, of, of their presence, and uh, and you can also pull them off. So, uh, yeah, I think people who say that you guys just do one thing are, are probably not looking very deep into to what's happening on the mats. Yeah. So was it a very uh, difficult decision to, to go to, to be homeschooled, or was that something that you've been looking forward to for a while? Uh, that was something that I've been looking forward to for a while i wanted to do it last year but my parents weren't really on board yet i uh throughout the whole year you know i was just begging them asking them if i could please do it please do it and i uh they finally cracked and uh let me do it and and how does uh john danaher feel about this uh he's definitely you know he definitely wanted me to be homeschooled so that i could train full-time so that i could progress much faster are there any other uh, kids at the gym that, that are looking to be uh, homeschooled with you, or are you going to be the only one? Uh, I'm probably going to be the only one. I don't. There's not too many teenagers that we train with. So how is that why it's uh, not intimidating to compete against adults, because you're always training with adults? Yeah, yeah. Every day I train with adults. I don't, I don't know if we even have one teen signed up. For, at Brunswick or at Henzo's. Wow, that's that's crazy. That that uh, <laughs> just I'm just kind of figure out how different it's going to be for you if you ever get matched up with another teen. Um, that it's not a like an adult male trying to take your your head off. It's it's, it's another teen that is similar size and strength, and then uh, it's going to be uh, a different game entirely for you. Probably uh, a yeah, lot easier. Yeah, I, I had a one super fight against the teen. Uh, his coach was like, went on Facebook, like saying like a bunch of stuff about us. Like, so 
basically what happened was I was supposed to compete against them in, uh, I think it was like a UGC or something like that. And uh, I popped my shoulder and had to pull out. I let the event know, like, probably a good two to three weeks in advance. And I guess they didn't let him know, like, let the coach know or the kid know. So the event came up. I wasn't there. He was there. And he went on Facebook saying about how I was scared to compete against them and, you know, and all this. So Gordon went on his Facebook and you know, he went on the status and started saying that, uh, you know, like, put up your money against them, I bet you $500 that Nikki will win, so it wound up becoming my $500 versus his $500, and uh, we wound up, I wound up winning, it was a 45 minute long match, the kid was, he was 16 years old, and was probably around 190 pounds, and uh, yeah, I was, I wound up winning by uh, outside heel look. Wow, that, uh, I, I did not know that story. Um, so were you a little bit more nervous going into that, that match, knowing that there was some uh, money involved and knowing that they kind of talked bad about you? Uh, yeah, I was definitely nervous before that fight. But, uh, was it, once you got going, was it, was that gone or did, did you think about that during the match? Uh, well, after like the first moving on off, I, uh, I was, I was good. It was, a, it sounds like it was a long match. Was there a time limit at all or was it just go until the end? It was just go until the end. Do you do you prefer that or do you do you like a, a clock? Uh, I like I like no time of matches more. I'd say either that it, I I prefer that or uh, you know like twenty minute matches with like a rest decision at the end. So what's the does the strategy change for you when there's no time limit as far as pushing the pace or trying to conserve some energy? Um, yeah, I definitely stay a little bit more relaxed because I don't want to you know. Uh, tired myself out in the first 10 minutes and then wind up giving up and him submitting me. Yeah, that's uh, that's smart to do. Um, you mentioned that you you hurt your shoulder before that match. Is that, is that uh, yes? What's the tell me about an injury that injury that you've had and uh, and how that was getting over that? Uh, yeah, well, my most recent injury, I uh, partially tore my uh, LCL and hamstring. It's probably the worst injury that I had yet. I was out for around six weeks, and uh, you know I was just dying to train when I got back. Does that affect the way you train now, or are you completely healed, or how's what's up with that? Um, it definitely it's not fully healed yet. I still have to watch it and you know like be careful with it, make sure there's not like too many things like twisting it or you know not too big of an impact on it. Uh, so yeah. Yep, it's a, you're you're smart to protect it and, and try to make it uh, uh, try to be as safe with you can with that. Um, you have a, a match coming up on October eighth, is that right? Uh, yes. Do, who? What's up with that? That's a that's a pretty big uh, super fight you have. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the match. Uh, yeah. So, um, Cat Clark, you know, he messaged me, asked me if I want to do a super fight, and he posted about it on Facebook. And um, this guy uh, named Danny who. You know, one of my teammates, Ethan, has competed against them. He, uh, I think Ethan beat him all like every time. But um, yeah, he just he asked me. I was like, "Yep, sure," and now it's set up. All right, and, and uh, I have to say it, uh, Dandy is not uh, your age, is he? I mean, he. No, uh, no, I think he's how old is he, Ethan? Uh, 
in his in his twenties probably. Okay, and what what belt level is he? Uh, he's a purple belt. Okay, what what kind of a game does he play? Do you have any idea? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, or he likes to. Uh, Ethan just told me that he likes to play uh, deep path. Deep path. So that might uh, come into play if you decide to play top game. He might, uh, uh, but if you play, it's hard to go deep half when you start out in somebody's guard. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll be looking forward to seeing that. That's is that right? That's in on October eighth. Uh, yes, it's, it's on October eighth. Is that up in? Uh, uh, it's up in Canada. Is that going to be available in some kind of a pay per view, or how, how could we watch that? Uh, yeah, it's going to be streamed. I uh, if you go on my. Instagram, I put all the information about it, you know, where it could be streamed and where it's held and things like that. Cool. We'll, uh, we'll check that out and I'll put links to that in the show notes. Um, how could somebody keep up with you and what you're doing? Where's a good place to do that? Um, uh, what do you mean? Like online? Like is Instagram better, Facebook, or, or where are we? Uh, definitely, definitely Instagram. I don't post too many things on Facebook. So, yeah, definitely, definitely Instagram. Okay, and we'll put uh, links to that as well. On the show notes, do you have any uh, final words or thoughts for the audience? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, me, Ethan, and uh, Oliver Taza are all beating Gracie Worlds. If you guys wanna tune in, uh, uh, Taza's doing the 185 division, uh, and Ethan's doing the 145 division, and I'm doing the under 135 division. Awesome, and uh, we're looking forward to watching that uh, unfold. And good luck to all of you guys in that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking with you and uh, looking forward to, to watching you. Um, you've already st- had it started off with a great career and looking forward to watching it develop and uh, and watching you compete. Thanks. Yep. All right. Well, thank you and have a good evening. You too, man. I'll see you. I'd like to thank Nikki Ryan for taking time out of his busy schedule to uh, come to the BJJ Brick Podcast. You know, he's such a, such a talented, you know, and great young man and he's got a bright future ahead of him and don't forget october 8th definitely check him out at the canadian kumite he's in a super fight and uh nikki ryan uh, you know let's all uh you know check it out and uh, and give him some support yep uh we'll put a link to his facebook page and his uh, instagram hey gary we're old we still do facebook uh younger people are doing instagram more and uh yeah but uh, follow him uh like his stuff help him out you know he's we all need encouragement from time to time. He's 15. He's competing with adults. Give him a pat on the back. Um, he, he's, he's, uh, probably a good chance he's a big part of the future of, of grappling here and, uh, and show him some support. So, uh, this is a, a great opportunity to help somebody, uh, or watch somebody develop. So, uh, uh awesome uh, to have him on the show here and looking forward to that. Yeah, and you, like Byron said, you know, you're going to see his name for a long, long time. I mean, 15 years old and already, uh, you know, winning adult tournaments. And, you know, he's going to be uh, just like his, his older brother. He's going to be uh, the the guy that everybody's going to be watching here for, for a long time. Yep. So uh, we'll put a link to the Canadian Kumite on uh, our show notes. It's October 8th, 2016. It's 11.99. They've got a 16-man tournament, a bunch of... Uh, great names on there, and it's going to be amazing. And I think the winner of that gets $3,500. So uh, it should be pretty competitive, Gary. Yep, yep, that's awesome. And the tournament's being put on by Cat uh, Clark. Uh, we've had him on the show before. So uh, another guy we also want to support. Absolutely. Gary, guess what? What, Byron? We you have surprising me again? Yeah, I'm surprising you with some good news. Uh-oh, what's the good news? We've got a Matt Tales, my friend. 
Oh, yes. So that is some good news. He's excited because, A, there's a great Matt Tales to share with everybody, and, B, he doesn't have to make up an audio book in front of everybody on the spot. So uh, let's go ahead and play the Matt Tales. This is Matt Tales. We bring you amazing jujitsu stories. The story might be funny, unfortunate. It could be about an epic fail or an epic win. So sit back, my friend, relax, dry off your sweat from rolling, and enjoy Matt Tales. I do not have the best luck on the mats. I'm not talking about being able to pull off a sweet arm bar or back take. I'm talking about some days I just have bad luck, like cashing a heel to the face from someone that I'm not even rolling with. It really seems like any given week, I get more than my fair share of accidental knees, elbows, and headbutts. For this reason, I always wear a mouth guard and a cup. But recently, I decided to upgrade my mouth guard from a simple $5 version to a $80 custom top-of-the-line mouth guard. This mouth guard is nice. It looks like it's been tie-dyed and it's red, white, and blue. I've never seen another one like it. The best part of this mouth guard is it seems to be lucky. After a month of wearing it, I never got hit in the mouth, which is virtually unheard of for me. A few weeks ago, I arrived to class early and I met a new student on his first day. We quickly hit it off as friends. We got to work the techniques together, and after that, we took a break to get water. I told him as we got off the mat, get some water in your mouthpiece, it's time to roll. I chatted with a few of my teammates and headed off to the shelf to get my mouthpiece where I left it. I could not find it. I looked in my gym bag, not there. I went back out to my car to check the seat. No mouthpiece there either. I must have left it at home. Well, coach is starting the timer. And it's time to get back on the mat. I went to my new friend to start rolling. That's when I noticed. That's when I noticed where my mouthpiece was. It was in the new guy's mouth. I was shocked. He must have thought the gym provided mouthpieces, and he grabbed mine. While in my head, I was trying to grasp the situation while I was still rolling. I was not mad at him. I was just amazed with how dumb this guy was and how gross it was to have somebody else's mouthpiece in your mouth. What's wrong with this guy? Who is this guy? As we continued to roll, I was completely distracted by the thought of my mouthpiece, my lucky mouthpiece, in his mouth. That's when I caught an elbow to the mouth. Two things happened that day. I did not get my mouthpiece back. I didn't want it. And without my wonderful mouthpiece, I was back to my normal bad luck of getting accidentally hit again. 
This has been Matt Tales. Some of the names and places may have changed. We may have, in fact, taken some creative liberties with the story. In order to keep Matt Tales going, we need more tales. Tales from listeners like you. Send your Matt Tales to bjjbrick at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing your amazing stories. All right, what do you think, Gary? You know, I was chuckling. I, I just think that's crazy. Yeah. First of all, using somebody else's mouthpiece. <laughs> <That's gross. laughs> Seeing a mouthpiece sitting there and, uh, and um, you know, hey, it's uh, free mouthpieces to use. And, yeah, boy, that's uh, – but, you know, somebody who's never rolled before, that could be his first time, doesn't <laughs> really know and doesn't really know that mouthpieces are fitted to each person. So, uh you know, we kind of take it for granted, but I, I could see that. But the whole time I was just chuckling through the whole thing. Oh, man, I feel for the guy. He, he's he got bad luck anyway. You know, he feels like he does. <laughs> My mouthpiece, I, th- I think it's about $3. Gary, I don't think you wear one, do you? No, I don't. Nope. You just don't get hit in the face. I've been lucky so far. I used to wear a mouthpiece. I, I don't anymore. Uh, something I started doing recently, which is good to do but it's kind of sad that i haven't done it until just recently is taking better care of my mouthpiece when i get home i use i i'm sure i've gone months without washing my mouthpiece it's that's pretty gross so what i do and i think that's common people just forget about it. you wash your gi but you just yeah. do mouthpiece in your bag i take the mouthpiece out and i throw it by the sink and i'll do it when i'm i wash it like it's one of the dishes and yeah. by the time i'm you know do you getting, wash it with dishwashing detergent yeah i do like my okay. like a soap and sponge and everything it's like yep. yeah it's like a dish and yeah. let it dry and and uh, I used to in mine. I I would take it and I'd I'd put some Listerine yeah in, in a cup and I'd throw it in there overnight. And because I'd heard stories of people, it never happened to me, but I'd heard people who never washed it. Next thing you know, they have an infection in their their gum or whatever just from a a nasty mouthpiece. Yeah, I can see that happening. Yeah, so, yep. uh, so if you ever rolling with somebody you don't really like, just um, don't ever wash your mouthpiece and then leave it leave it on the. Uh, the the shelf there and hopefully the guy will uh, use it when he needs one. Another thing I do is I've written my name on the mouthpiece container that I have and several times I've, I'll just leave it at the gym on accident and it doesn't get thrown away because it's mine it says my name on it. But do you have to do burpees? If you uh, that's for when I forgot my belt I had to do some burpees. Okay. So uh, mouthpiece is not such a such a penalty. What if there's two virus? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Maybe three. my last name would work just fine or full name or name and belt yeah. rank. You know, you I'd go rank. with name and rank and birthday <laughs> or, you know, social security number, date of birth and full name and driver's license number. Phone number and address and email are all good too. Yeah. Speaking that of email, Gary. Speaking of email, oh, good one. If you want to get a hold of us, bjjbrick at gmail.com is a great way to get a hold of us. And a good reason to get a hold of us would be to send us on Matt Tales. Right now, Gary, we don't have any more Matt Tales. We've had five. We need some more Matt Tales. Please send in your Matt Tales. If you've got a kind of an odd story like like he had there, uh, piece it piece it together, type it up, or just send us an outline, and we'll we'll make the yeah. the details it or make it a bit more of a story versus just a, this happened to me. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we'd love to share okay. with everybody that people enjoy these things, but we need people to send them in. So uh, keep sending yeah. them. Thank you for sending this one about the mouthpiece. And uh, some of them are more embarrassing than others. Some of them are just kind of weird. This one was was kind of. It kind of was a, had a sad mood to it, Gary, but it was funny. a sad mood. Yeah, well, I it mean, was funny. We've had one of a guy who accidentally uh, uh, 
how would we say it? <laughs> went to the bathroom on his partner and him all over the mat. And we had one guy who actually got locked in the bathroom and missed a, uh, missed a seminar. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you have any crazy stories, definitely let us know. Yeah, we've got got a lot, and uh, we, we, we need more. So uh, it's not going to happen without people like you taking – it's not, not like easy – I know it's not easy to do. You need to, you need to sit down and type it up and figure out what you want to say, but uh, it's well worth it if you want to do it and share your story with everybody. We are all, always honored to get a new Matt Tales in and looking forward to the next one sometime. So uh, hopefully this story motivates you to type up another one. Speaking of typing up something, Gary, we got a couple of reviews. We always like reviews. Reviews are great. Uh, Tattoo sent us a review. He says uh, he gave us five stars. Being a BJJ nerd and podcast fan, I highly recommend BJJ Brick quality content. Awesome guests like today. I uh, threw that like today in there. And consistent episodes to help keep jujitsu top of the mind, especially for a casual practitioner like me who can't train as much as I would like. And then we also have one from Gino from August 16th, uh, 2016. My favorite BJJ brick pod, my favorite BJJ podcast. Love their passion for the arts, also their positive outlook. Keep rolling, lads. All right, so, nice to uh, see. Thank you, Gino. Yeah, always good to get encouraging feedback, and and uh, great to see that on the iTunes reviews there. So uh, thanks, guys, for that. Very motivating. Looking forward yep. to next reviews too. Yeah. Also, check us out on social media. Uh, we talked earlier about Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Reddit. So definitely uh, check us out there. And uh, you know, if, if you like us, like our podcast, or like uh, any of our social media aspects, you know, definitely tell a friend about it. We we love. Uh, it's the best form of flattery we can get. Uh, you know, best form of marketing. So if you're listening to it, you definitely got some friends who like this sport. So uh, let some friends know about it and, you know, especially let them know about this episode. Nikki Ryan, who does not want to learn from Nikki Ryan. So uh, check this episode. Tell, tell your friends about this episode. There we go. And uh, if you enjoy the show and want to see it uh, continue on its path and actually accelerate it a little bit quicker and do things a little bit uh, better. Uh, support us on Patreon. Consider supporting us for a dollar a show uh, or, or maybe a little bit more, and, and uh, that money will go to us and help us continue to, to grow and, and do things. At, uh, try, we're trying to make this as, as good as we can here, Gary. The Matt Tales is a new segment that appeared uh, shortly after Patreon, and uh, just that's one little example of spending more time uh, and trying to make something uh, the best that we possibly can. So uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, we'd be honored to have uh, another Patreon supporter, just like you, my friends. There's a video on the show notes that, sh- that explains how it works. Just for a buck or two an episode, you could help us out a great deal. So uh, consider that if you want to keep us uh, motivated and, and go in with a Patreon account there. So uh, check it out, please, if, you, uh, if you're if interested in that. But next week, Gary, for sure we're going to keep going uh, another week because we are going to be talking about scrambling. Not talking about eggs, eggs. here, Gary. Yeah. Eggs. Not so much eggs. Oh, okay. Speaking of speaking of scrambling eggs, uh, I made three months ago. <laughs> this is really irrelevant, but uh, my cholesterol was kind of high. Went to get some blood work done. High cholesterol. I cut out uh, basically most of the eggs in my diet because I was eating quite a bit. I was eating about a dozen eggs a week, and uh, I dropped my cholesterol twenty points in three months. Good and, job, uh, Byron. My my doctor prescribed to me some sort of some vitamin. I forgot what it was, and. Uh, Maybe vitamin A. I don't know, remember. But uh, I said, I was just like, I was rather just change my diet. If that works, I'll go with that. I don't want to take a vitamin forever. And uh, it's worked. So far, yeah. so good. 
Awesome. Good job, buddy. A little, little, it wasn't really changing my diet. It was just changing like how I was, how I was eating. Not really how, but yeah. my, I, it was always easy just to cook up a couple eggs. There's other easy things to do that are more healthy for me. Eggs might be perfect for you if you don't have high cholesterol. They're great source of protein, but I just switched that out of my diet and I don't miss it. And I still eat eggs, but not as many. So there we go. Sometimes you see, you see a problem, make a change. A dozen eggs a week to 11. Good <laughs> Actually, in the three months that uh, I had kind of cut back on eggs, we didn't finish the, the two dozen we had in our fridge. So uh, oh, good job. There we go. I don't know. That's impressive, Byron. And when we're talking about scrambling, we're not talking about eggs. That's true. What are we talking about, Gary? We're talking about the craziness that can happen in a match when uh, no one's in control and everybody, uh, both uh, participants are trying to gain control. It's a wild scramble of action. Yeah, they're very exciting, but we're going to hopefully tell you out, help you out, uh, explain how to get better at scrambling, how to avoid a scramble, how to create a scramble, uh, maybe some common mistakes and some tips to win a scramble. So we're going to kind of be uh, end of the month here, Gary, last Monday of the month, we're going to do another uh, topic episode. It's going to be scrambling. We're excited to talk about it. We uh, hope we can help you out. We've both had uh, a decent amount of experience. Sometimes we win them, sometimes we lose them. But uh, if we can think about them and kind of help you out, we'd love to do that. So uh, looking forward to next week's show, Gary. Yes, so am I. So definitely make sure you tune in next week. All right. And stay sweaty, my friends. And don't forget to shower. And wash your mouth, please. Thank you for listening. I hope you find the time today to roll. After all, the best way to get better at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu.